You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. Does my house stink? No. It feels like it stinks. No, it doesn't it does. stink. No, it stinks. Why is had, it? What does it smell like? I had kinfolk in this weekend. Oh. Remember, my wife is from West Virginia. I don't think a lot of people know that, but you know that. I know that. Yeah, that she's from originally West Virginia. So she had family come in for the Thanksgiving weekend. It was just her brother and her sister-in-law. Oh, okay. And a cat had clearly peed on their luggage. Now, oh. I don't know if the cat peed on their luggage at their house or if the cat peed on their luggage when they stopped by her mother's place on the way to ours. But somewhere along the line, a cat peed on the luggage. All and right. yet, nobody seemed to notice Well, this. this is why you get your cat spayed and neutered. Spayed or neutered. You can't do both. Well, somebody didn't do that. So now the problem is that the suitcase was in the house for a day because my wife was too embarrassed to say, hey, your suitcase smells like cat urine. And they, for some reason, didn't notice it, even though it's the most pungent smell on the face of the earth. A lot of those rural, rural places, they just they don't understand. They bathe in cat piss. No, Is that what that, you're me? well, that, but they it's don't possible. understand. No, but they don't understand the idea of inside cats, like getting your cats spayed and neutered and keeping them inside. Like they keep them outside all day long, and they obviously don't spay and neuter them, so they're just out there, you know. Listen, and so like they mark. Ninety percent of this house is hardwood floors with possibly a little area rug on it. And then I have one room, the guest room, that's right. next to this room here in the basement yes. that has carpeting in it. And that's the room that they put their luggage down on. I have sprayed so many different things into that room over the last 24 hours, and I still smell it. You don't smell it? No. You're sure? Positive, dude. It's a country cat. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's a country this cat. That's why I don't live in the country. Country cat. And they brought their country cat's urine, and they put it all over my floor. Um... First off, I want to start off and say that we got some bad information, and I thought I had a reputable source, because I was on SB Nation, okay? I was okay. On, I was on SouthsideSox.com, and they were, they were listing all the things that were happening over the next week or so with the White Sox, and they listed the wrong date for when you have to tender arbitration. Okay. Okay, where you have to decide if you're going to tender or non-tender an arbitration player, and I posted it on Twitter afterwards because I was corrected by our good friend James Fox over at Loop Sports. He jumps in a lot. He's very helpful. Good. He's like my guardian angel. <laughs> As we get this podcast going, it's been around for really only about six months. He's like my guardian angel that jumps in. And he was like, no, no, Chris, it's actually another week away. So it's this Friday coming up. So I'm sorry for the bad information on the last show. We thought it was last It's Friday. my own fault for going with a website that's been around forever. I mean, they've got, they, they've been around forever. They've been, I mean, it's like... 10 years. I think they have their own podcast, but their information that they had up on the site wasn't right. So that's my own fault. And so now from now on, everything I'm going to do, I'm checking through MLB.com. Yes. All right. So we have how many guys are getting arbitration? Because we got a lot to talk about today. Okay. Because I want to go through not only how I feel about Bryce Harper one week after I basically told you all that we were getting him. Seven. Don't worry. I'm feeling good about it, but I'm going to explain to you why. I want to talk about some of the transactions that have happened this week in Major League Baseball because there have been a few that, again, they indicate what the Sox are doing. I understand the angst. I mean, people are like, oh, my God, Josh Donaldson got signed. We're screwed. I, 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 that doesn't bother me at all. I'm not upset about it. 
Okay, I'm not hurt. I didn't lose any sleep over it. But we're going to get into that and some of the other moves that happen. We're going to talk about Ian Clarkin back and forth. Right. Back and forth, back and forth. Ian the Clarkin. hot potato of Ian Clarkin. Yeah, they're going to they, his new nickname is going to be Ian the Hot Potato Clarkin. Okay, as he comes out to the mound. That's what it'll be known 100 years from now. He played he played back in 2018. Hot Potato Clarkin. It's a good name. That's going to be that's going to be Hawk Harrelson's great great grandson. He's going to be calling games for the White I'll Sox. I'll tell you something, Stone He's Pony. He's like, you know, I'll tell you Stone Pony. Stone Pony's still there. They've just kind of like propped his corpse up he weekend at Bernie style. Stone. He's like, I'll tell you Stone Pony. Back back, you know, back in the day the best uh, the best pitcher I ever did seen was this guy named Hot Potato Clarkin. Hot Potato Clarkin. Bounced between teams like a hot potato. I, he was the best guy bouncing between teams I ever seen. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. <laughs> anyway, so we got a lot to get into, but who are these guys that got the uh um, the arbitration decision coming up this Friday. Okay, now. so we've got seven guys. I will list them for you. Jose Abreu, Avisail Garcia, Yolmer Sanchez, Carlos Rodon, Matt Davidson, and Leury Garcia. I'll say the name. You give me the estimated value. Got here, it. Okay? Abreu. $16 million. Sign him immediately. Absolutely. Okay? He's getting tendered. You're going to see that come out on Friday. He, he's saying already that he wants to be a White Sox forever. I, I think that they're going to get a, even a hometown discount from him when it's time to re-sign him. Just the way that he's talking, I think he intends, he wants to be with this team. He wants a statue in center field he does. in the He concourse. wants a statue. He's, yes. he's drank the Kool-Aid. He loves the White Sox. They basically saved him from, you know, communist Cuba. And they brought his whole family over. He's Sure. He, this is what he's doing. Okay. okay? Right. Um, Avisel Garcia is next. I, uh, I would tender him, but they're not going to. Uh, Eight million is the, is I, the I projected would number. And this is why I would tender him. I would tender him because you don't know what you're going to get. And it's only $8 million on a roster that doesn't have a lot of money committed to anybody. See what I'm saying? They were pretty... I go one more year because you've invested so much in him up to this point because I don't know what it hurts unless you don't like him as a ball player anymore. And I don't think they like him as well. I don't think Ricky wants him. They were pretty... They they seem pretty hard on. They were gonna. They were just gonna non-tender him. The last article I heard. About I think they're it. gonna. I think like, they're they gonna. They were They were. They are prepared to walk away from. I that. would have held on to him, but I get what they're doing here. They have decided to back the manager. They gave him an extension without really announcing. Oh, did they? I didn't even hear about? Oh that. yeah. Well, that's because they didn't announce it. But they okay. gave him an extension weeks ago, and then it came out that they gave him an extension. Rick Hahn like said it like off the cuff, like, "Oh yeah, by the way, we extended Rick Rick Renteria." Just why not- did you announce it? Well, we didn't think it was a big deal. So um, they give Renteria the extension, okay, and then after they give Renteria the extension, it comes out that they're thinking about moving Avi. And you have to remember that Renteria sat around and yelled at Avi an awful lot in the dugout, like a little kid in a little league game. Yeah, he never runs anything out. He's dogging certain plays. They had that one argument late in the year, and and I can't give the specific game, but I'm watching the TV, and it lasted for two innings. Like, he just sat there. He pulled him from the game, and he sat on the bench with them, and they are yelling at each other. Like, it's one of those things where, like, they're next to each other. They're talking calmly. Garcia says something. Renteria starts to yell and, like, smack his hands together while he's yelling at him. And Hmm. it's like... You could tell that was the breakdown moment. Now that you look back at it and you hear that they don't want to, they don't want to tend him for arbitration. They don't want to tender him a contract. I think that it became a thing where Rentery is like he is not bought into what we're doing. I want guys that hustle. This is why you have not heard a damn thing about Manny Machado. Right. You haven't heard a thing about him. 
Right. I don't, they're not interested in him in any way whatsoever. I'm telling you that right now. They are, they're not interested in him. They're letting the media project that they're interested in both Harper and Machado. They're not interested in Machado. They're going with, for better or for worse, Ricky Renteria for the next couple of years and hustle and grind it out. And that attitude, and if you're not buying an attitude, they don't want you on the team no matter what. Yeah, the team's still not ready for a... a the team is still not ready for your manager who is going to ultimately win you the World Series. The team isn't ready for a Joe Girardi or somebody like that to no, step I, in. No, I, I get that. So, so the, the Renteria thing, I get it. You know, teach the kids to hustle, fine. I, I don't have a problem with it. A lot of people have a problem with Renteria. I'm just like, hey, you know, it, it's fine. It's okay. What did they extend him for? Did you figure it out? Did you no, it? nobody. Actually, Han declined to give specifics oh, on right, that. Right. Every I article I just okay. saw. Yeah, Han, Han has All not right, given so, any specifics. So now, so now here's the thing. Think of this organization like a longtime White Sox fan. Let's go down the, the wormhole, the rabbit hole, if you will, of what it's like to be a White Sox fan during the Jerry Reinsdorf era. How many times have you heard them wish they could have been the Twins? Oh, every year. Oh, the Twins with their farm system. They teach these kids young. They teach them the Twins way, right? Yes. Always hearing about the Twins. What, what happened the one time we won the World Series? Grinder rules. We grind it out. We're grindy. We're tough. We're, we're digging it out. We're playing the right way. We're playing the right we're way. Taking the extra, like we're not, taking the extra right. base. Not that we didn't try to do that in other seasons. We just didn't have the talent. But they've always wanted to emulate the Twins. They have. It's really weird because I have, I have one of my best friends, the Twins fan. And he hates the White Sox. And he considers them to be his biggest rival. And he laughs his butt off at the fact that we continue to try to emulate the Twins when, in his mind, we've been the better franchise because we got a World Series in this millennium and they haven't. Yeah. Well, See what I'm saying? That's, that's... He, he, the way he looks at it is they've been kicking our butts. We always looked at it as we always lose these big games, Tory Hunter and this and everything. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> right. So, so they, they have a completely different perspective on it, but the White Sox are all into this. Idea. Now here they have this manager who's trying to preach these specific ways that he wants his team to play, and he comes across a player that isn't interested in it. And they're gonna non-tender him. Yes. And there's and, and and in the World Series, there's a player that I love that I think that would be beneficial to the team, but they I think have made the decision Manny Machado doesn't fit Renteria, and they are all aboard the Ricky Renteria train at this point and the Ricky Renteria style of managing at this point. And I believe that's what their intention is for the next several years. And so because and like of I've that, said, Garcia I does not get tender. I, I do not have a problem. I'm just going to say I do, I do not have a problem with that. I mean, does Ricky make some foolish in-game decisions? Yes, sure. But you got to keep the, the, the long game here in, in, in mind and what they're trying to do. I mean, they're trying to build something. They're trying to build a culture. Okay. So, so now let's keep going on the list. What do okay. we got? Uh, your next up on the list is Yomer Sanchez. And how much? The they estimated amount estimated that he's going to make $4.7 million in arbitration. Right, and you're going to sign him because right now you have no plan, and at worst he's a utility infielder. And you're going to sign him because of the, the culture, and you're going to sign him because of consistency, and you're going to sign him because the other players love him, and that's why they're going to sign him. And we still, unf and and we still unfortunately haven't seen a plan unfold at third base no, yet. But, uh, so so the, you're going to sign him, okay? Yeah. And I'm okay with signing him. I would have signed him anyway. Who's next? Carlos Rodon. Yeah, you're signing him because his figure is ridiculous and he's Three, the future. $3.7 million, dude. Yeah, here's what you do. You you give him, and this is what I would do because I'm crazy. And I know that some Sox fans are going to be upset with me for saying this. Okay. I, I go to the arbitration number and I go, okay, fine. Here you go, Carlos. Here's your $3.7 million. And then I explore the idea of how much can, can I get him on the cheap if I give him a better deal. 
if I actually sign him to a long-term contract. Okay. Okay. As I get closer to arbitration numbers, can I sit there and say, hey, Carlos, let's erase at least the remainder of your arbitration or let's erase the remainder of your arbitration, maybe your first year, and let us just give you a figure that's higher than $3.7 million because if he comes out this year and he's awesome, he's $10 million. He's, he's a $15 million pitcher in arbitration next, in next year. year. You see yep, what I'm saying? Yep, yep. Exactly. It's at least something they're going to consider. That's what I would think. I, I Offer get, him, tender him the contract, then kind of be like, hey, you know, 3.7, that's not a lot to raise a family on. <laughs> Ashley, Ashley needs more than that. Okay. <laughs> Ashley, you know, we hear Ashley's looking to build a guest room onto the house for some reason. Right. We're not sure why. Or when you pitch badly. <laughs> We're not sure why. <laughs> okay. She said something about heating the garage. All right, something, something like she'd like to give you some more heat because she feels bad when she sends you out there. Right. It's the middle of the show song. 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 Chris had nothing to put here, so he put this song. It's the middle of the show song. I think we have one more, right? We got a few more. Um, okay. Matt Davidson at Matt, $2.4 Matt Davidson at $2.4 I, I'm signing him at the $2.4 I'm tendering him the contract at $2.4 I'm doing it because I, again, I like what he is as being a part of the culture. I think he matches Renteria's everybody in attitude. His willingness to go out and pitch when they need him to pitch. He wants to play. He wants to be in the field. I think he's not utilized right by the manager, and I wish that they would have given him more of an opportunity At to see if he could still base. play third base. Yes. But they list him as a DH on their website, and they don't consider him to be a defensive player. They've given up on him defensively, mm. which I think is a real shame. But yes. that's that's my indicate. That's what I can tell. Well, looking at how the organization treats him, that they don't see him as a third baseman ever again. You do have a, a, an interesting platoon situation between him and Palka, if that's what you're trying to do. So I mean, two point four. You know, I get it. Yeah, I, I, I'm doing that. And I then, mean, he can. You, you like you say, he could, he could pitch an inning for you. You could you could put him in the outfield, maybe. You could I again it would be nice to see him at third base, but that doesn't look like it's gonna happen. Um I I I I bring him for two point four, sure. Leoria Garcia. We've talked about this. We're He's both the last saying, one. We're not even gonna get into it. You can listen to the last podcast. Don't tender him. Yeah, I we said we both Waste we both say, I don't care if it's one, no. what is it? How much how it's like one point nine. One point nine, yeah. We 1. both 9 say million, no. Yeah. Uh, what, I, I don't see the point of keeping you're him on too the You're too you're too deep in your farm system with outfielders. Yeah, Dan thinks he's keeping him though. He thinks Renteria's well, in love with Leary. You know. It's like he's in love with Leary. He dr- drags him out there constantly, even though he's bad. He hustles and the and, and Avi doesn't. He wants to get rid of Avi. He wants to keep Leary. So I don't know what they're gonna do on Friday, but that's that's it's possible. So we'll see. I mean, let me just ask you a quick thing about Leary Garcia. Is he a potential cause the only time I've seen him play was at the corner outfield position. Is he a potential option at center field? Maybe. No. If, if you don't like Ingle and you can't get a stopgap out there. Is that the plan? I don't know. I don't That's why it. I'm asking no, you. No, because I don't like his defense. I, I see him make too many. We, I already got in. I don't want to yell about him too much. But no, but he, he doesn't, I mean, could that he doesn't be? throw the ball to the right base. He doesn't judge the ball in the air at the it, it, and he makes bad reads on the ball. He gets late breaks to the ball and plays that he should be able to make drop in. He 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 doesn't seem to understand the situational part of baseball as to like this base runner may try to take the other base. He's caught napping. I've seen it too many times when he's in the outfield. He's not good defensively. He doesn't have in my mind the baseball acumen or the or the smarts to be out in the outfield and have to make decisions while they're happening. I I I he's a replacement level player. And that's all he'll ever be. Yeah. 
And and it, I don't see the reason of giving him anything. I mean, again, we've, we're we've, wasting time with clogging up. You know, you're sitting around, you're talking about your how many guys are on your 40 man roster, right? And I don't see again why he's clogging up your 40 man roster. I don't see it because you try to sneak Ian Clarkin. Now it's obvious what happened with Ian Clarkin. Yeah, let's talk about that. You weren't getting rid of Ian Clarkin. You weren't like we're giving up completely on Ian Clarkin. You were hoping with all the activity that day, nobody would notice Ian Clarkin getting passed through waivers and making it to the minor leagues. So you could keep him, but keep him off your 40-man roster and keep control of him. Because you thought you could sneak him through. But they didn't. And they didn't. The Cubs grabbed them. Most likely, and now there's two ways of thinking this. Either A, the White Sox got totally caught off guard. You know, there are guys that are like that. Well, here, real quick, Chris, not to They're not to stupid. Cut you off. The Cubs tricked them, and you know, or the White Sox were actually sitting there, like I would hope they're doing. I pray that they're doing with a big giant spreadsheet, going, "These guys have this much room. These guys have this much room. These guys have this much room. These are the guys who are in the waiver orders. These are the teams that we got to get a pass." And I don't think any of these people will take them. And the Cubs grabbed him, but really didn't have the room for their plans, and that's why they had to release him right me, away. Chris, let's back up a second, just for in case any of the listeners have missed it. Can we go over like what actually happened with the Ian Clark and thing? Because I can see a lot of folks like right now going, "Okay, what are you two guys talking okay. about? Like, so who is this guy?" Ian Clarkin is one of the guys we got in the Blake, the deal that brought Blake Rutherford over from the Yankees when we gave away uh, you know, Todd Frazier and uh, Robertson. And uh, who knows? We we threw in uh, um, another relief pitcher. Oh, um, yeah, I can't think of the guy's name now, but I know who you're talking about. He's okay. really good too. Yes, he is really good. But this is what happens when we do a podcast at a bar. So um, this was part of the deal. He was the second best guy that came back. He was a former first round pick. He was picked after Aaron Judge in the supplemental round, in the okay. supplemental part of the first round. Okay. Okay. By the Yankees. And. He was a, considered a bit of a stretch when the Yankees took him. But he was somebody that, that was going to go in the first couple of rounds. But the Yankees loved him a lot. And so the Sox go and they pick him up, and he doesn't do very well. He's a lefty, but he doesn't do very well down in the minors. And, and they protected him last year. They, they purposely got him on the 40-man roster last year because they were afraid somebody was going to poach him. This year, he's clogging up room on the 40-man, and they needed room, and they want to have some flexibility. So what they do is... They release him, and they release him during the time when all these teams are releasing guys and adding guys during the, the Rule 5 deadline last week. Right. And the hope is he sneaks through the teams, in, sneaks through all these teams in Major League Baseball that could grab him, that have room on their 40-man, and makes it to the White Sox minor leagues unta- untouched, and now he's still part of their organization and we have him, but he's not on our 40-man roster. He right. would, he would and, and that's the thing. So that's what they're hoping to do. But what happened the was the Cubs actually, the Cubs grabbed him up. And then six days later now, the White Sox grabbed him off of waivers because the Cubs tried to do the same thing. So what, he, what that tells you about him, first of all, is that he's a fringe player that teams view as, we think he's going to be good, but he's not worth a 40-man roster. Right. Okay. He has to now clear waivers to come off of the 40-man roster because he was, he, he was, he was, they were, he was capable of being picked up in the Rule 5 draft last year. So now he's, he's a guy that is not like a brand new minor leaguer, and you have to send him down, and everybody gets a chance at him. So there's a really good chance the White Sox try it again. They, right, they'll, look right. for, they'll look for a moment, and they'll try to do it again. And they'll try to, or they are going to sit there, and they're never going to do it again, and they're going to they're try to put somebody else through. Like Manaya, who okay. like I keep saying, get rid of him. 
right. try to pass him through. I don't see anything there. They, maybe they pick another guy that they're like, okay, people kind of like Clark, and maybe there's another guy that's a fringe relief pitcher because we want to make room on our 40-man that we want to let go of. See, because they want to have a little bit of roster flexibility. But in the end, deep down, if you're going to sign a guy, when you go to sign the guy, you should have a list. These are the three guys that are just hanging out on my 40-man. I'm going to release one of them, and I'm going to sign this contract right here and now. Mm-hmm. I think they did that because they're like, you know what? We think we're going to need a few extra spots. In the Rule, tri- in the rule 5 draft. Yeah, but whatever they're going to do... That they felt like we could let him go now and nobody's going to notice him and he was noticed. So now they have to decide, can we do it again? Or is he so noticeable now that maybe we let go of somebody else that might not be noticeable? And that, that's what they'll have to decide. You can either see it as that way or you can see it as the Sox are just stupid idiots who are like, <laughs> oh, let's just get rid of a guy. Who do you want to get rid of? Let's get rid of this Clark and who's he? I can't remember him. And then after they let go of him, somebody goes, wasn't he the guy we got in that trade? crap he's that guy and then all of a sudden like the Cubs picked him up now you could have two perspectives as to what happened in the front office well if you go on White Sox Twitter there's a lot of people believe the second thing that I just described is how it went down well this is I don't believe that because if I did I would go into the back room right now and I would bang my head off the wall until unconscious I don't believe it. I can't believe it. I will try my hardest not to believe it. I think it was the first way, the more let's try to sneak him through. And Isn't this, this the happen. same team, the White Sox, who like back in the Kenny Williams era traded for like somebody, but then they ended up getting the, guy, the, they oh, got the wrong guy. They got the with 35 year old guy with the same the name. 35 year old yeah. guy with the same name. They right, thought right. they were getting a, They thought they were getting a, a prize prospect. This is why they, you know. this is why there are Sox fans that think the second thing happened. Yeah. It was like, who? Clarkin. Wait a minute. We wanted to keep him. Damn it, I already sent the fax. See how I have them using a fax a as fax well? A fax machine, yes, exactly. <laughs> That's how inept they are. They use a fax machine. Hey, this is Acoustic Mike from Broadcast Basement, and you're listening to Socks in the Basement with Chris and his buddy Dave. I did the Broadcast Basement with Chris for 10 years, and nobody gave me a show. I'd leave if I had anything else to do with my life. Remember, the Broadcast Basement is available everywhere podcasts can be found and always at BroadcastBasement.com. All right, so I still think Bryce Harper's coming. Okay, and, and I'm, but I'm not you're, gonna, you're changing I'm giving your... you my 60 seconds that Bryce Harper's still coming to this team. And then we're going to move on to other things that are going on transaction-wise and what they mean for the White your, Sox Your excitement week. about it seems to be curbed today, though, for some reason. Well, there's no, here's the thing. There, there's no indication that anything has changed from last week. No, there's been no. When news. I was very excited, but the thing that makes me excited is I don't see any hard news from any other team. You can Google Bryce Harper, and all you'll see is speculation from news writers of he would make a good fit at the Yankees. He'd make a good fit with the, the Astros. Phillies. He'd make a good fit with the Phillies. But you don't see anything like here's a picture of the Phillies pitching Bryce Harper. Here's Bryce Harper walking around Philadelphia. Here's Bryce Harper hanging out in the Bronx. Here's Bryce Harper. You see what I'm saying? Well, to that point, you know, you had made mention of this a few weeks ago. You know, you were of the opinion that Scott Boris is going to drag this whole thing out as much as he can because he wants to get his client the most money. But I don't see Bryce. I don't I don't see Bryce flirting with another team the way that we were flirted with. See what I'm saying? So until I see that, I still feel like we're in it. Secondly, for some reason, Vegas has now changed the odds of the White Sox into the World Series. Yeah, I saw this. They go from 60 to 1 to 40 to 1. 40 to 1, yeah. I want to know if Bryce Harper, 
went and put a bet down. It was caught like on like on like you know the Bellagio's cameras, and they're like, "Whoa, <laughs> <laughs> is this who we signed it with?" It's probably not true, but a man can dream. But anyway, Vegas I, Vegas usually knows things though that we don't. Right. So I mean, it's we, still you forty know, to one. It's still the, forty the, to the, one. Cybrace Harbor, you're not winning the World Series, but I just thought that was kind of funny. No, but the the increase in odds is it was a big big jump. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's, some, that's for a team that has done nothing. All of a sudden, such a big jump is kind of surprising to me. Okay. Um, but now the other thing is. I think if you look at what the sacks are doing, they're waiting for him, which also makes me afraid because since they're waiting for him, if he doesn't pan out, will they get anything? Now, I don't feel like Josh Donaldson being signed this week by the Braves is is a mistake by the White Sox. If they would have signed Donaldson for one year and twenty three million dollars, I would have been like, why? First of all, it would have been the indication to me that they're not even interested in anything else this year. And we're and, and this I would have been like, what's the plan? I would have been more upset if they would have done that. Wait a minute. Did Don, I thought Donaldson didn't he go for three years? One year. One year. Twenty three okay. million dollars. Uh, that's what I read. I'm sorry. A one year prove it deal. Twenty three million dollars. That's a that's a big prove it year deal, man. Twenty three million. Well, you know what the Braves are doing? The Braves are like, we were on the cusp. The window is opening. Hmm. We're not ready a third yet. And we only need a guy like Josh Donaldson for a year, we think. Okay. Right, right. right. And we have money to burn. We're a rich organization. We're going to plug spots and we're not going to wait for free agency to open up. We're going to overpay. We're going to go get guys. They could do that. The dream is that one day the White Sox could do that. We're not in the position to do that right now. That would be stupid. It's stupid money and a stupid plan. It doesn't build your team in any way. So I, I, I had no problem with the fact that $23 million to to Donaldson and he's off of our list. Fine. Because I, you can go back, you can go back two months ago where I was yelling. I didn't even believe that Donaldson was worth signing. I wasn't. I wasn't into Donaldson. I see him on the decline, so it's it's not a big deal to me. A lot of the sports writers, man, they were like, all the articles I I saw were like Donaldson, Donaldson, Donaldson. I Donaldson, never believed Donaldson. It. Yeah, no, they were really. I I don't know if just. <laughs> Like you said, I, I don't know if these sports writers were just like hanging around and just kept hearing things in, you know, amongst their contacts in the White Sox about Josh Donaldson. Like if the Sox really wanted him that bad or if it was all just speculation, like, well, you know, they need to fill third and here's the best guy. But a lot of the media was like in love with the idea of signing Josh Donaldson to the White Sox, like of the local media, that is. All right. Now we're know. up against it time wise. So real quick couple of minor moves that I want to give you. And I also want to real quick also get out there. We got a message sent to us through either our Facebook or our Twitter. Uh, we just recently got one from one of the listeners asking me, can you stash a Rule 5 player on the DL? Yes, you can. We're going to get more into the Rule 5 draft as we get closer to the actual Rule 5 draft, but I want to get that answer out there. Two minor moves that happened this week. Guys claimed off of waivers. CJ Cron. A two-war last year and an over 800 OPS, first base DH type option. Hits from the right side, but his stats actually beat up fan favorite Daniel Pelka's stats because Pelka's about a half war, and this guy was two wins above replacement last year, claimed by the Twins. Sox could have had him. They have a worse record in the same league in which that player was released. Whenever a guy gets released to waivers, First, the teams from his own league get a chance at him. It was an American League release. The Twins 
are behind the White Sox on all these claims because the White Sox had the worst record last year. Sox did not go after Cron. The one that really stuck out to me, though, was Parker Bridwell. Released by the Angels, picked up by the Yankees. The Yankees, of course, way behind the Sox on any waiver claims. Bridwell had an incredible whip about two years ago. Not last year in 2018, but in 2017, he had under a 1.20 whip with 20 games started for the Angels. He went 10-3 and in those 20 games. And the Angels went 17-3 and in those 20 games. Last year has a rough year, lots of injuries. He only pitches in five games and spends most of his time in the minors trying to figure things out. Now, he is a little bit of a reclamation project because he had some injuries and he didn't have a great year last year. But now, healed up, why wasn't he picked up by the Sox? It seems to me like he'd be a perfect reclamation project for Don Cooper. I wonder how much Cooper is involved in something like that. Because when you're talking about reclamation projects, it starts and ends with Cooper. Maybe, maybe, you know, maybe Cooper saw something. Maybe, maybe it came up in the war room at, the, at, at you know, the White Sox front office. And maybe, you know, may, maybe Coop did some homework and they said to Don, they're like, hey, you know, we, this guy might be available we might be able to get this guy off waivers are you interested is this somebody you could work with and maybe maybe the don said no i don't know my thing is i don't i don't know how you give up on a guy that could like when you're when you're looking for talent when you're at the position the white Sox are at i don't understand how a parker bridwell passes to the yankees like i said i you know i i would like to think would i rather have parker bridwell or ian clarkin on my 40-man roster right now oh i i, I don't know i mean would you, I, would, what, not, would you, what would you rather have? I'd rather have Parker Bridwell on mine. Would I rather have Parker Bridwell or Juan Manaya? Just me reading off the fact the guy had 20 starts two years ago and had a whip under 1.20. Start naming off White Sox pitchers that are sitting on the 40-man oh roster no, right now. You, would you rather give a guy like Parker Bridwell an opportunity coming out of your bullpen? Again, I don't know how it. I don't know how the. In, I don't know how the communication within the White Sox works, if it works at all. Um, you know. I would like to think that they went to Coop about it, or at least they, you know, saw something they didn't like and they passed. That's just me speculating. But I mean, again, it it could very well be, you know, what you're saying that they just they flat out missed it. So right. I don't know. No word on the uh, Jason Benetti interview yet. Okay. Except for it's happening. So we're in the same holding pattern we were in with Ron Kittle, but I'm okay with that. We're just a couple of guys sitting in a bar in my basement talking White Sox. Another show is wrapped up. Another show's in the books. Another show is wrapped up. And then by the looks, it's going to be a good one. And we'll see you next week. And the nude is Another show is wrapped up, another show is wrapped up, another show is wrapped up, and it's in the books. Another show is wrapped up, another show is wrapped up, and by the looks, it's gonna be a good one. Nudie's Basement, broadcast, basement, the Nudie's Basement, the Broad Basement. Slancha. That was like Dropkick Murphys or something, right? <laughs>
I felt like it. You know, Stone Pony, the best guy I ever did see it pouring beer over his head is this guy, Yolmer Sanchez. Back in my great-great-grandpa Hawk Harrelson's day, he was hanging out with Yaz in the booth that one day, and uh, yeah, that guy, Yolmer Sanchez, you could pour that Gatorade better than anybody else. Socks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found, and always on SocksInTheBasement.com.